Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 1st of June. I want to be clear with people that the next few days are going to be so critically important and that includes the possibility that this outbreak will get worse before it gets better. That's Victoria's acting Premier James Molino there, who says an extension to the state's lockdown cannot be ruled out as its COVID cluster continues to spiral out of control. Aged care is now a key concern for authorities, with three cases linked to the facilities. The latest COVID restrictions are set to end on Friday, but despite the lockdown, Victoria's coronavirus cases are continuing to increase. Yesterday, 11 new cases were confirmed, bringing the number of infections linked to the latest outbreak to 51, with more than 300 exposure sites. It's the fourth lockdown for Victoria since the pandemic began, and Melbourne Lord Mayor Sally Capp has told the 7.30 report it's a dire situation. For a lot of business owners, they're really concerned how often can they bounce back from these lockdowns to keep their doors open and to keep Melburnians in jobs. And I think that sense of resilience is really being worn down and something we have to be very mindful of this time around. Meantime, the federal government has been slammed over failing to stop staff at some aged care facilities from working across multiple sites. It comes after it was revealed staff from two of the aged care facilities affected by Melbourne's latest outbreak had been working across different locations. Here is Shadow Aged Care Minister Claire O'Neill on the ABC. We've got this ridiculous situation where still today aged care workers in Victoria are working across multiple sites That is because endemic issues face the workforce in aged care, where a lot of people just have to work multiple sites to make ends meet. While an expert panel has now been asked to review advice for mandatory vaccination for aged care workers. And in other news this morning, former Federal Attorney-General Christian Porter has dropped his defamation case against the ABC and reporter Louise Milligan over a series of reports about historical rape allegations earlier this year. All parties have agreed the matter won't be pursued any further and no damages will be paid. Here is Mr Porter. The result today is that the ABC have now decided that they are not defending the claim. The ABC and Ms Milligan are settling the claim on the basis of confidential terms and a statement in which they express regret at the outcome of the reporting. The ABC released a statement saying it stands by the importance of the article and Mr Porter had decided to discontinue his defamation action. Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. We start in Queensland this morning and there's controversy over the state government's successful bid to host the State of Origin series opener. The Palaszczuk government has refused to confirm how much it paid for the major deal, but there are reports it could be up to $8 million. Our Brisbane reporter David Shiraz has the details. 
Morning, Tash. Well, the interstate rivalry's well and truly begun, with the New South Wales government slamming Queensland for spending, quote, silly money on securing Origin Game 1. The Queensland Premier wouldn't confirm just how much has been spent on getting the season opener to Townsville, but insists she's happy and it will deliver value for money. Anastasia Palaszczuk brushing off questions about the reported multi-million dollar bill, insisting the match would inject more than $7 million into the local economy. It'll all kick off with Queensland beating the Blues on June 9th. I don't think so. Go the Blues. To New South Wales now, and a local mayor has resigned in the state central west, citing health reasons and rising tensions with rival councillors. Dubbo Mayor Ben Shields was left in a coma fighting for life after a medical episode earlier this year. Our reporter, Romy Stevens is covering the story. And Romy, Mr Shields is set to step down in just a couple of days. That's right, Tash. Ben Shields has called it quits after facing pressure to stand down for a number of weeks now over allegations of bullying and harassment, which he denies. He'll finish up this Thursday. It comes after he took six weeks off for medical leave. Then fellow councillors voted to impose numerous restrictions upon his return. They included him having to make phone calls with a council staff member in the room. A new mayor for Dubbo will be elected the same day he steps down. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Now the RBA is meeting today to decide on the cash rate. Yeah, good morning, Tash. And look, it's still standing pretty clear that it's unlikely to consider increasing the cash rate before 2024. I mean, we've still got that employment, the wage growth and inflation. They're still way off the RBA's target. But having said that, there is growing speculation now that the economy is running really well and may reach a turning point sooner than the RBA's 2024 at earliest timeline. So even though the cash rate is not expected to move today, it's going to stay put, that doesn't mean lenders will. Now, banks' low-term funding from the Reserve Bank offering the money at just 0.1% ends this month. So no doubt, Tasha, it's going to put a lot of pressure on interest rates. And according to CanStar's data, in May alone saw 15 lenders cut 71 variable rates by an average of 0.21%, but 16 lenders increased 159 fixed rates by an average of 0.2%. Now, if you do decide to lock in, and look, there's a very good case to lock in as fixed rates are below variable. I think the key point here is to ask your lender whether you can make extra repayments. Now, there's little point securing yourself a low rate only to keep your repayments at the minimum. I think the real winners here are going to be those homeowners who can actually knock off as much of their debt now um, before these rates start heading upwards. Yeah, great advice because sometimes they do put caps on repaying loans. It's important to know all the details. Effie, also this morning, new research from car sharing platform shows demand for car hire is up. Yeah, look, their new research shows that if you're willing to rent out your car, you can make some serious cash. So a quick snapshot, for example, in Sydney, people are earning on average about four to nine fifty a month. Melbournians, clearly prior to lockdown, were earning on average between four and eight hundred dollars a month. In Perth and WA, about six to nine hundred dollars a month. But what really caught my eye was Tassie. Now in Tassie it can be as high as one thousand nine hundred. And that's mainly due to the shortage of car hires and the increasing number of holiday makers going to the state. And what happened during the peak of the pandemic, some car hiring companies sold their fleets to ease their cash flow problems. Now, to help with this shortfall, the Tasmanian government has actually announced grants of up to $1 
$100,000 a car through its hire and drive reimbursement program. And it's brought this about to encourage car sharing on accredited platforms like Car Next Door and for rental companies, say, re-establishing their uh, vehicle fleets. The key tips here, if you're thinking of listing your car, check your insurance to make sure you're covered. Understand that your income will be taxable. And look, if you really want to make the serious cash, you've got to be willing to give up that car on the weekend because that's when you'll make the most money. What about allowing L plates or P platers to drive those cars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Well, at least not my car. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks, Effie. Thanks. Time for sport now. Brett Thomas and Brett, the AFL fixture is still up in the air with three matches yet to find a home for this weekend. Yes, good morning, Tash. Three matches that could end up in Sydney, starting with Friday night's top four blockbuster between the Demons and Lions, originally uh, scheduled to play in Alice Springs. Looks like that will be a giant stadium in Sydney. Then we've got the Crows and the Pies that was meant to be played at the Adelaide Oval, but the SA government uh, looks like unlikely to allow the Magpies to travel out of Melbourne into uh, Adelaide for that game. Then we've got the Saints and the Swans. They're talking to Queensland Health about going to Cairns. Sydney, the backup option there. Triple M uh, footy chief Damien Barrett says after this weekend, it's all up in the air. Then the fun begins, rounds 13 through to 23. They're slightly fortunate with the buys beginning in round 12, round 12, 13, 14. Six teams in each of those three rounds will have buys, so it's just given them half a silver lining to deal with this latest COVID outbreak. So it's Tuesday. We've got a game on Friday, so the AFL needs to get moving pretty quickly. All changing very quickly across the country with COVID, Brett. And also in the NRL today, St George is set to rush Jack DeBellin into its side to face the Broncos on Thursday night. Yeah, now he made his comeback via the New South Wales Cup on the weekend, just his first match since late 2018. And now he's going to go straight into the Dragon side, of course, with this origin break. Tarek Sims is out, so he would replace him. And that was after learning uh, last week that he will not stand trial for a third time on sexual assault charges. Here is his coach, Anthony Griffin. He's been out for a long time, so he's just got to come back and, you know, wherever he, he gets a chance or whenever he gets a chance, just get his job done and build from there. So we'll see how he fares against the Broncos on Thursday night. There's been a lot of focus recently on concussion and head clashes in the NRL and a rugby league legend has now revealed he has a battle with dementia and has backed Peter Volandis on his tough stance. Yeah, this is Steve Mortimer. A sad story today, of course, uh, an icon of uh, rugby league, a former champion halfback with Canterbury, the former captain of New South Wales and Australia as well. He's only 64, said he was diagnosed back in March, but is probably known for longer than that, that he uh, does unfortunately have dementia. He thinks absolutely it's related to uh, some concussions he suffered during his career. He can remember three knocks in particular. This comes, of course, amid uh, reports of discontent with the playing group and Peter Volandis forced to deny that they actually want him removed. He's spoken to Peter Volandis and told him to push on with this crackdown on concussion. Of course, we've got uh, Origin coming up next weekend, so this is a big talking point in rugby league at the moment. Yeah, much needed tough stance on it. Brett, and bizarre scenes for an Aussie at the French Open because there's lots of breaking news with the French Open this morning. Yeah, well, the big story is Naomi Osaka has decided to withdraw. Now, before the tournament, she said she would not do any media, citing uh, her mental health. Uh, The French Open came back and fined her $19,000, threatened to default her if she continued with that. Well, she's taken the drastic step of actually pulling out of the French Open. So that's a big story this morning. Uh, Not a great morning for the Aussies. John Millman pulling out with a back injury. His opponent was actually out on court eight when he was told, you won't be facing uh, the Aussie, you'll be facing a 
German qualifier. So lots going on at Roland Garros this morning, Tash. Another big day in sport. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Tash. And history has been made as the world's most expensive purple-pink diamond has been sold at auction for a staggering $29.3 million in Hong Kong. Auction House Christie says the 15.81-carat gem is called the Sakura because it's named after the cherry blossom because of its stunning colour. It's the largest diamond of its kind to ever go under the hammer and is of extra value as the stone has been classed as internally flawless. Ditto. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Tomorrow.